You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. All right, it's good to see you. Um, first of all, let's, uh, let's pray before we play. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the uh, extraordinary amount of people that we have. But I thank you too that there is an expectation to hear from you today. I pray that people will not leave here the same. That there will be transformation. Holy Spirit, I pray that you really work through people's hearts and minds. And Father, that even though I'm the dummy up here today, that it's your word that is the authority and that people will be transformed by that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, first of all, what I want to do is, if you have your Bible with you, uh, definitely turn to Matthew 10. I know people look at me going, what? Uh, but a little Bible if you've got your app as well. Now, we'll be skimming through this today. And what, what I want to really pull out today is that this is actually an extraordinary pep talk. Do you know what a pep talk is? You know, when uh, the coach gets the team together and they're going to really rally the, the players for an amazing game against something else. This actually isn't an experience that I've had myself. I've got to let you know. I, I grew up with a, a very arty kind of family. Um, I grew up with art, music, and theater growing up. So sport wasn't something that I was introduced with quite a lot. In fact, uh, I've got one experience of, of being on a team. Because theater, and this may be weird, theater was actually the thing that I wanted to do when I was a kid. That was my my thing. I uh, was in a, a drama theater outside of school. I was in major productions. I was doing a whole bunch of things to do with, with play and acting, which is weird because that's not what I do now. I do music and art. But my drama teacher was the coach of the hockey team at school. And he, uh, he said, look, Derek, I, I need you to be one person in my team. We're missing a, a player. And I was like, yeah, man, I my drama teacher believed in me for all sorts of things. And so I thought, yeah, I will do this with you. I will go and play on the hockey team. And I remember going to practices and banging the, uh, the ball with a stick and uh, looking really cool. I had, I had the glorious white shorts that looked like uh, they were seamless because my legs were whiter than my white shorts. I think you could see the, the blood flowing through my legs. They were so translucent. And I was there, and I remember the first game. My coach got us together, and just like a normal pep talk, he was going to rally us for victory, victory for the, the team. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be good. And he gets us in a huddle, and he says, all right, Billy, uh, you're uh, right wing today. You need to make sure that when so-and-so you know, intercepts and this happens there, and you've got to make sure that blah, blah, blah. I don't know the rules. Uh, Bobby, you know, you're over in that say, Make sure that you're focusing on this and that. And, and uh, Jeremy, make sure that if the ball gets anywhere near Derek, that you intercept it and stop it before he touches it. And that was my experience for the entire season. In fact, I did touch it once, and I was proud of myself when I hit it towards their goal. Uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. But pep talks are really important to encourage and to inspire. And what we're looking at today is actually uh, a pep talk that Jesus talks to his disciples about before he sends them out to do some pretty incredible work. So um, Matthew 10, we're going to hang around here. Now, I'm not going to read the entire passage, 
because it's really long. And I know that you've only got an hour and a half with me. So uh, I just want to make sure that I, I utilize what we're doing. But I want to talk about my slides today. I want to talk about my slides. I, I find doing slides really difficult when I'm preaching. So I've got a game for you. I have something to, uh, to give you a little bit of a puzzle, and I want you to see if you can work out what the end scripture is that I'm talking about today. So every slide is a picture that relates to one word in a scripture. So this slide represents one word. Can someone perhaps tell me what it would be? Hands up. No, no, not if you know, right? Seth. I. I. Okay, so that kind of gives you the idea, the I dear. And so when we go through each of these, I want you to work out what that word is, and then you should be able to work out what the scripture is. But I've, I've played sillies. It's jumbled as well, so you have to rearrange it. And I thought they were too easy, so I made them a bit harder. As, as a couple of the guys who I tested this on, either they're really stupid or they just... No, no. <laughs> Now, I try to make it really easy. I did try to make it easy. It just failed when I talked to others. Okay, now, the other thing is the titles have nothing to do with the word. Please, they're just there so I can work out what's going on. Though I'm reading with the wrong glasses. So let's have a look. First of all, in Matthew 10, like I said, he actually uh, gathers around the disciples and he's about to send them out to preach and to heal, to prepare the way, to talk about the good news, the, the kingdom of heaven coming. And what he does, if you have a look at the scriptures in Matthew 10, but Mark 6 and Luke 9, what he does is he actually sends them out two by two. I want to talk very quickly, first of all, uh, what's going on here. He said in Matthew 10, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Now, if you're looking, uh, well, for example, if you're one of the disciples and you've got Jesus who uh, has just called you and he says, all right, guys, we're going to send you out two by two and I want you to go and talk to everyone about, hey, the kingdom of heaven is coming, uh, announce the great news, but also I want you to pray and heal over people. I don't know about you, but, but I, I wouldn't feel too confident about going ahead and doing that. In fact, it's kind of scary even doing something like this to get up in front of people and to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. I know it's in here, but to do it and be confronted by people who are new, you don't know what they're thinking, what they're about, is pretty challenging. But the thing that's important here is that Jesus gives them the authority. He gives them a purpose, he gives them a reason, but he gives them the ability to be able to do the things that he's asking them to do. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. And this is really important because even though Jesus is talking to these disciples, there's also a, a bigger picture where Paul and Jesus, God is talking to us about how we are also equipped to step out into the world and then follow through God's plan. All right, so 1 Corinthians 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. The thing that's really important is that we are 
just to present ourselves. We don't have to have any special qualification or any special ability. All we need is the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, I've spent years uh, going to uni to, to study art. For those who, who don't know, I've got an art degree. I have the privilege of teaching students and have taught some students uh, art, which is really cool. Good on you guys. And I've also got a music degree as well. Uh, I spent some years doing that at uni and was a musician for a number of years. Uh, so I, I know like what it means to spend a lot of time trying to equip and get sharp at being I guess, relatively okay at things that I love to do. And I think we get this mindset that we have to be good at something in order to be able to go out and do what God asks us to do. We kind of get this feeling like, uh, shouldn't I at least be good at speaking? Shouldn't I at least be confident to approach? Shouldn't I at least have something that I can do? And Jesus says, nah, man, don't take anything with you. Go and preach. Go and pray. Go and heal. You don't need anything other than Jesus Christ. You don't need anything other than what the Holy Spirit is equipping you to do. And the cool thing is you get training on the job as you go out and exercise these things. What defines me is not my ability or how I can do something in the world. It's who I bring with me in the world. Jesus Christ, His authority, His Holy Spirit. That's the qualification I need to be able to do what I do. Nothing else. And it's scary. I know it's scary. John 14, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works from these uh, than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. It's not because you have a spectacular ability. It's because you're willing. Willing in Christ. I'm going to go through this quick. I said no one. To preach and to heal. Uh, are, you, are you sort of kind of with me on this, the slides? Have you got the words? Uh, I know I'm wearing the wrong glasses. I can't see anyone. I'm wearing old man glasses, so I can only see uh, this far. So uh, you're all smiling. I have no idea, to be honest. To preach and to heal. So what is the game plan? Jesus gives them the authority to go out. And the second thing he says, look, these 12 disciples sent out, instruct them Go nowhere among the Gentiles and into no town of the Samaritans. Just a, a footnote. So Jesus is talking to the disciples specifically to go only uh, among the Jews. But he does say a little later on, or he sends out the 70, 72 uh, later on and tells them to go everywhere. But, you know, in case you're a nerd playing at home. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. So taking only with what God has given you, go out there. And the game plan is to preach, to heal. Um, when, I was, when I was a teenager, uh, I know I've said this to a few people before, but I, we, we had this guy uh, die in our service once. And it wasn't that the preaching was really bad. It was just he was old. And he, he died. Uh, I've actually got a friend here who was with me, a, a guy. Is your dad here today, Neil? Ah, oh, he could verify this. It was a freaky experience where uh, the youth would be in the front row and this old, older gentleman um, passed out, died, and we had a doctor and a nurse come in and, and, and try to pray and revive him, but uh, nothing, nothing happened. So our pastor at the time uh, prayed, rallied the, the, the guys and said, let's just pray. The whole service just stopped 
and we were freaking out. Uh, the ambulance arrived, and, and the elders were praying for him, and then he gets up. Like, <laughs> so if I was scared before, I was terrified afterwards. Now, ever since that time, like, I always try to avoid him, but there was a moment in youth where they had uh, the elders come together, and he was one of the elders. And they were pairing up, and the idea was to have the elders pray for youth members. Now, I'm slow. I, I'm not quick to get on any kind of sporting team. This was another example of it, where everyone very quickly chose and ran to an elder for someone to be prayed with or for. And I turned around, and there was the not-dead guy. And I'm looking around, and I'm freaking out, thinking, ah, oh, and he's approaching me, you know, like almost hovering. no. <laughs> Anyway, so he, he prayed, and he said, I, I pray that I feel that God has given you a, a mantle of healing. And uh, uh, again, I was terrified. And, but the cool thing was, I was, you know, the pastors believed in the message and the word so much that I was then taken out to different churches to preach and to lay hands on sick people and see healings, which was, which was quite incredible. And again, I was terrified at the time, but... But I remember saying to my pastors, this, I've got nothing. I, I'm, a, I'm a 17-year-old kid. I don't have any ability at all. Uh, I spent most of my try, time trying to muck around and get out of things. Uh, one of them was to keep away from, from not dead guy. And all of a sudden, I'm in different churches and seeing these, these miracles. And it wasn't me. It was belief that Jesus Christ, in fact, fear that people thought, that it was something to do with me. It was more like, God, I trust in you, and I need to see this lady walk. Uh, I just want to glorify your name for that reason. And it just was the most terrifying, beautiful thing that I've ever went through. That was, I was crying because someone else was crying. <laughs> the thing is, is that we are equipped because of what Christ gives us. And it is, uh, I'm getting to another point, but it is scary. But going out and believing that Jesus wants to heal people getting out and going and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't need a special ability or a, or a pastor badge or anything. God gives you the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to step out and gives you that authority to do that. Uh, Mark 16, you may be familiar with this. We're going to jump straight to the cool parts. He says, look, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. The, ga the game plan is to go. And what's interesting, if you have a look at in Isaiah 6, when Isaiah uh, was confronted with the, the picture of heaven, and he was like, oh my goodness, I'm not worthy. I just don't have anything. And it was, was God who initiated the purification on Isaiah's tongue with that coal, that, that seraphim or the angel came down. And as soon as he was purified in the, eyes, uh, in, in, in the environment, in the eyes of God, his first response was, look, here I am. Send me. I'll go. As soon as, as soon as you're confronted with God, as soon as you're confronted with that life-changing moment when you commit yourself to Christ, the first response is, man, I've got to tell someone. I've got to, I've got to jump out there. You don't feel like you have to carry uh, a whole bunch of things with you to do it. You just go and you preach. You just go and you, you spread the good news because you know what that freedom feels like. You know what God has separated you from. And as soon as you come to that realization, 
You just want to let other people know about it. God will provide. As he's talking through uh, the disciples, he says, Look, acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And he's talking about them as they go out. Don't, don't bring any extra gear. God's going to provide the things for you. Um, I mean, there's other deeper things. If, if you want to know more into this, Joe's the man. If you want to know a little less, probably talk to me. Uh, but the idea is that, like, it, it's all about the don't feel or don't don't feel like you need the something. God's going to give you the the stuff that you need. Uh, one, two Peter one three. His divine power has granted us to uh, to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises. That's a big sentence. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. God has given you everything you need for today. Spiritually, he has equipped you with what you need. Again, the whole message is about God has given you the things and he will provide for you. It's interesting that if you leave everything and trust in God's abundant provision, he will provide that abundant provision for his glory. He's not going to send you out there and expect you to do stuff and then nothing will come of it. Or you'll run into a brick wall or you run out of resources, God resources those who seek him who's doing his work you're not gonna you're not gonna need to uh you know just lost my words but you're not you don't need anything god will give it to you now let's keep going has everyone got these words together so far Um, i'm hearing the whispers of uh what this one could be and you're wrong no no it's 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 going good it'll be tough Jesus talks to them and says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. This is encouraging. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. I um, I didn't expect when I first became a Christian to, uh, to find things so difficult, to be honest. I thought that... Uh, it was at a youth camp. I uh, I gave my heart, recommitted my life to Christ, and said, "I I want to serve you, God." And I thought, "Jeepers!" I was going to walk out of that camp finding that everything was going to be really sweet and easy. That I was going to find it like like God is just going to open up the doors, and everything happened. And it turned out that everything went worse, went bad. My situation at home was terrible. Uh, my stepdad, uh, we were having a lot of conflicts with him. Uh, for me, I was having a lot of conflicts with him. Just things were not going good. Jesus says, look, hey, when it happens, when it happens, it will. Life is going to get tough. Uh, James talks about, Can it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds? For you know that the testing of your faith provo- provo- produces steadfastness. And let stud- steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It's not going to be easy, but valuable things are born out of difficulty. If you just get given things, you don't treat them very well. I, I, I've worked hard for all of the things that I, I treasure, so to speak. I mean, uh, you know, my beautiful bass that my son plays now, that he's treating well. That I worked hard to, to gain these things because, I, you know, I love the quality and the value of them, but I, I look after them. 
uh, you know, my, my first car. Actually, my first car was given to me by uh, my stepdad, the one I had conflict with. Um, part of the conflict was because I didn't get my L's quick enough, so I gave it to someone else. But that's another story. But the cool thing is uh, I didn't treat it with much respect, but until I earned my first car, when I first got my first job, when I, when I uh, worked hard for my degrees, I, I, there was so much value in the things that I put so much effort into that, that I had a, a sense of not only accomplishment, but, but I looked after those things and I keep maintaining those things. And God knows that you know, it's going to be difficult, but how beautiful is the salvation of someone that you've been praying hard for? My grandma prayed for uh, my wife since I was born. And it sounds weird. My grandma was relentless in praying for someone. Well, we didn't know her name or anything like that but uh, at the time. You know, but <laughs> that would have been strange. And I thought, jeepers, like Jesus prayed, you know, she prayed to Jesus and I got a beautiful, amazing wife, very patient. Um, yeah, that's right. So I thought I'd do the same thing. So I've been praying for uh, Lewis's wife and uh, Whitney's husband ever since they both were born. And it's curious, I'm not, I'm not predicting anything. I'm not saying that, that the who they're with is going to be the, the one. Um, you know, just make good decisions. <laughs> I, I believe in Jesus, but because like, they're not married yet, but but uh, just to a- affirm the people that they're with are quality people, you know, who who enhance and equip and augment the the character and personalities of the people that or my kids. Those those two people are quality people. They're not going to hear me say it all the time because I'm trying to work out the words, but. But I thank Jesus that they're on the right track of, of seeking and finding the right people. Treat them well. All right. It's not going to be easy. But you see, God equips. He trusts you with something valuable so that the value that he will get glory from will be seen and met. Expect difficulty. Don't be afraid, but be bold. I like how Jesus says, look, God's going to give you everything and it's going to be tough. But, I want you to be co- uh, courageous. Don't be afraid. When they deliver uh, you over, do not be anxious. This is uh, Matthew 10 from verse 19, sorry. Do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. And he talks about uh, further, you know, just the, the confrontation and things when it is difficult that God will give you the things to say. God will give you the necessary words to be able to communicate his heart to the people. And it's interesting too, I love this in uh, 2 Timothy. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the layering, laying of my hands. For God gave us a spirit of not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And that's when Paul was talking about uh, praying over Timothy. The idea that, that you don't, fear is, is something about the unknown, but everything about God is revealed in his word, the known. And just relying on and trusting in him allows you to, like, I guess, obscure the things you're not aware of when you're communicating and talking to others and trusting in Him that He will provide with you the words. God will give you what you need when you need it. God will give you what you need when you would just uh, keep your, I guess, it's almost like keep your, your head in and training of, of, you know, listening to Him speak or, or reading your word and praying. Uh, it's scary, but God provides. Train yourself in recognizing His voice. All right, 
Okay, I'm going to pause. I'm going to be a distraction for a sec. Um, I thought this was really easy, but when I was talking to these guys, and they're shaking their heads still, they probably, even I told them, and they still don't know the answer, but this is a tough one, guys. All right, I want you to have a look. Uh, you'll find out later, but please try to work out what this one is. This is a good one. Game attitude. The prep, pep talk. Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. This is Jesus again talking to his disciples. I've come, not come to bring peace, but a sword, for I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against his mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He keeps going through and says, but finally he says, whatever, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This sounds like a really hard thing to hear. You know, whoever sets someone or something else above God's purpose uh, it isn't part of the Jesus clan, the Jesus team. Uh, it's understanding that this is all for God's glory. This is understanding that, that, that Jesus is the, the main uh, component of this team, of these things. F- Philippians, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped. Jesus did not see himself as greater than God because he was given this amazing mandate to uh, sacrifice his life, but rather he always saw that God was the priority. Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." Lose yourself, gain Christ. I don't know we are so used to being comfortable. We're so used to wanting our things and our stuff. And, and who do you know and think of yourself has ever been really happy with lots of stuff? Like uh, we, we were watching on uh, this morning, was it that clutter show? The lady like had lots of things that she was really trying to wanting to, to get rid of and the guy was trying to tell her, No, 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 you need to release this stuff, you need to let it go, and you'll find happiness. You'll find happiness in your space. It's funny, the the more that we hold on to things, the heavier everything gets, the more burdensome everything feels. And it's not until we release and say, God, take it take all. And the ironic thing, I always call this the, the Dr. Zeus factor. It's so weird, the opposite word. That when you release things, God provides more because you have space for it. When you let go of things, God fills the gap. When you want to, to give away, God provides more so that you can continue to do that. The whole idea is to lose you and you gain something far greater. For the win, Jesus is talking through the, the final part of the pep talk. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. 1 Peter talks about the blessing, uh, what the reward is. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again 
to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He's talking about the future eternity with Christ. The idea that the reward is in God's family. Don't you hate it when the crazy pause? So now I've made it obvious. But the idea is that the reward is in Christ. It's not the things you get now. It's not what is happening and what you can collect for your gain now. That's all just Tinder for, for end times. The salvation that we have in, in Christ, the things that, that we invest into through the Holy Spirit are eternal. That's, that's the reward. The reward is Jesus Christ. Eternal life. Um, now, as I said, I'm not, I'm not particularly a, a sporty type of guy. I, I kind of was good at volleyball for a bit. But you know when you, you don't have a reference? So I could have been the worst player and still thought I was really good. But there's some things that I find really incredible about the idea of team sport. The things that you need to be a player in his team. Listening to the coach. Uh, by the way, I asked about this because I, I really, the only experience I had, as I said, was with hockey. So uh, I didn't even know the rules of hockey. Listen to the coach. Practice. You need to know the rules. A winning attitude. I guess fitness and health are uh, involved in that as well. And to be selfless. To have yourself submitted for the team. Losing yourself. All of these things Jesus is talking through and saying that we need, as a part of the team player, the attitude as we, uh, as we go out to preach and teach. <laughs> What's interesting to, uh, to note as well is there, there's a cross-reference in uh, Luke 9. Jesus is talking to the 12 disciples there. But in Luke 10, he talks about sending out the 70, the 72. And what's interesting is that he gives a, a very similar mandate to every, uh, to every disciple. Go out, preach, heal. You'll see incredible things. And, and Luke records their reaction when they get back. They're so excited. They're like, Jesus, everything you said that would happen, happened. They're so pumped up with having gone through that scary time uh, and, and confronted with a whole bunch of things about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that they come back so excited because everything came to pass. Everything. The disciples, when they came back to Jesus, would have seen the miracles, would have been bold and confident. There is the win. The fact is, is that Jesus set them up not for a fail, but for a victory that had already been won. It's, it's part of his plan to go out, for us to go out into the world and experience things that Jesus has already succeeded in. So have you, have you worked out where I'm... Oh, do you want to go for it? What is it? Yeah, well done. All right, this is my cryptic thinking, guys. I can, I know he thought of Andy Warhol, very cool. Do, do, yeah, all rings, get out the R of the pirate. <laughs> Plus the thing, through Christ, I didn't want to make it too obvious, who... That's what an hour says. Strengthens, despicable me. Absolutely. 
What's important, Paul is talking about his experience, about how tough it was. He has gone through, he has gone through all these different things, these difficult things. And the value is always revealing Christ. And he says, despite all of these things, I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Our mandate is not to forget that we are to go and spread the good news. You don't need the special bits and pieces God's going to provide. You don't know what to say, God's going to help you through it. The idea is that it's all for one, and that one is Jesus Christ, all for his glory. Look, we are not to settle for what is comfortable. I mean, I like being comfortable. I like a good chair. But I know that in comfort, I don't tend to achieve very much. And I know as, and speaking honestly, I know as a Christian, I can settle into a rhythm and a groove and a sense of predictability and get upset by it even. But the reality is, is that we need to get uncomfortable. We need to sort of shake up and, and, and confront the world with the image of Christ to present his word and his gospel, to get that sense of excitement when we see someone who transforms before our eyes when they commit their life to Christ. We are in a building that is beautiful, but it's for a purpose, so that we can reach people, restore people, and and release them back into the world so that they can also confront others with the image of Christ and see people come to know Him. Let's not be comfortable. Let's not stay in in our regular warm seats and, and look for a cozy time. And when we need it, with grace, we pray, we equip. But let's go out and, and see the dying and hurting world that needs to see Christ. To preach, to heal, to show grace and to love. You have been chosen, you have been equipped, you have been resourced through the Holy Spirit for a battle that has already been won. Do you want to be bolder in when you speak? Share your faith. Do you want to have a greater heart for people? Then have some fellowship. Do you want to see healing? Pray for someone. If you want greater capacity for grace, serve. If you want to see revival, then go. Then go. Let's pray. Oh, thanks, team. Father, I thank you that this is for your glory. I thank you that as we pursue you, that you equip us and fill us. As we let go, that you resource us with more than we can comprehend. And as we seek your kingdom, Father, then we will provide a place for, uh, for eternity in, in you. That didn't come out right. But God, I pray that, that we just have a mindset that this is the, the first step towards revealing Christ to other people. I pray that uh, as you gave that pep talk to the disciples, that you revealed the heart, you, you had a plan, just like uh, when, when my coach had good intentions of revealing his plan, we went out and we saw amazing things happen. God, I pray that today we will see amazing things happen as we go out and believe in your resource and your trusting of, of your spirit and to see uh, amazing things happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.